decide. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Another one bites the dust. This has been the only program anywhere on the AM or FM dial that has waged war against the cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, the Bitcoin bandits, and the blockchain criminals. Yours truly, Curtis Lewa, Curtis Lewa alone. The rest of my colleagues, they're like a dollar, a euro, a yen, a dinar short. And many, many months late because, quite frankly, like most people, they don't understand it. I, I don't blame them. All I know is I know a Ponzi scheme when I see it. And I announced long ago that this trend, oh, there became very hip, very happening with all of these younger Harazai, these pigs putting their, their beak in the trough, ripping people off because... And not baby boomers. No, 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 no. Can't blame this one on us. No, Lou. Let me tell you something. Uh, officially baby boomers, just so you know, Macedonian Phil, are those who were born between the years of 1946 and 1964. Let me cite three people who have become extraordinarily successful in business. We know that uh, Donald Trump, the former president, baby boomer, he said, don't trust the cryptocurrency. You got to feel and touch the paper. The sage of Omaha, Warren Buffett, said, don't trust the cryptocurrency. You got to feel the paper. And our own John Katsimatidis, who is a billionaire in his own right, multiple owners of various businesses over the years, also has railed here on this, this very station that he owns, WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation. You cannot trust these cryptocurrencies, especially those that are offshore where there are no regulations, where you're being asked to invest your money on an exchange where you can't even get the Bitcoin, you're given a password, and you're a schmuck, a putz, a schmendrick to think that, oh, it's yours and yours alone, because if you lose that password, guess what, little tough nuggies? You're in the abyss. And why am I saying this? It's because another one has bit the dust. We know about FTX. We know about all the other cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers who are biting the dust. Well, guess what? Crypto lender BlockFile has just filed for Chapter 11. The company plans to use the bankruptcy to recover what it can from the failed exchange FTX. Wow, the dominoes are falling. Now, if this was a strong company, it could withstand the implosion of one Bitcoin bandit firm. You know what they used to be called, uh, Lou, when he was riding high in the saddle? Sam Bankman Freed. Never trust anybody with three names, by the way, who looked like a 15-year-old guy who fell out of his bunk bed at summer camp, scratched his belly, and all of a sudden you thought he was a financial guru back then. Please, please, I want to buy Sam coins. I want to buy FDX coins. You know what they're called now, Lou? Scam coins. And I've been calling it every step of the way. And if people are out there like, oh, well, you know, you know, it happens all the time in business. No, 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 no. This is the domino effect of Bitcoin bandits, uh, blockchain criminals, and the cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers. So here it is. BlockFi 
won't give you any money, won't give you your investments back, won't, in fact, stay in business until they reorganize, and you know what they're going to ask for, for us, the sucker taxpayers, to bail them out. Just like in 2008, right, you had the banks too big to fail, you had the hedge fund monsters, woe is me, we got to have free money from the taxpayers because we're too big to fail. And we not only bailed them out, nobody went to jail. Nobody went to jail, the biggest scam of all time. And then we saw what happened with Bernie Madoff. Well, guess what? These are junior Bernie Madoffs who saw that you can run a Ponzi scheme and just try to run out the clock. Just try to run out the clock. (laughs) And by the way, who got caught in this? It's not just Democrats. It's Republicans, just like with the subprime mortgage explosion that took place And then the implosion, both Republicans and Democrats benefited because it was all about G-R-E-E-D, greed. Bitcoin champion Peter Thiel. Now, who's Peter Thiel? I understand Macedonian failure. I have no idea who Peter Thiel is. He's not a baby boomer. He's 55 years old, so he didn't make the cut. But he is probably one of Donald Trump's biggest supporters, happens to be a gay guy, hardcore Republican, And he took a financial hit that may end up collapsing his empire because he was out there on a regular basis promoting Bitcoin, promoting cryptocurrency, promoting blockchain, and luring how many people into the belly of the beast where they're losing all their money. But first and foremost, the young Bernie Madoff figuring, hey, if Bernie Madoff did it, I can do it too. I'm just of a younger generation. Here was Sam Bankman-Fried, riding high, considered a financial guru. Move over, Warren Buffett. Move over, Gates. Move over, Elon Musk, because soon I will be the richest man in the world. How did you do this so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake uh, at scale so fast? Criminal. You know, it it was really just a lot of small things put together, a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know, honestly, from our perspective, it's, it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed by our standards. Yeah, well, you picture, you sound like a young uh, Trenton Tarantino. Now, you heard him. That was six months ago. He could do no wrong. He was the guru of the financial business of Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals, and cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers. I feel like Diogenes, right? Uh, no, we're not talking Socrates, we're not talking Aristotle, we're not talking Plato. We might be talking Freud, because everybody down on uh, Wall Street does cocaine, uh, just like Freud. But we're talking Diogenes. Remember the story of Diogenes walking through the streets of Athens with a lantern at night, showing it in the face of every Athenian male, saying, I'm looking for one honest man. And guess what? He spent his entire life looking for one honest man, and he died without ever finding him. Although one day Macedonian Phil will uh, tell you the story about how he dissed and dismissed the hero of Macedonia, Alexander the Great. But 
I digress. Let's get back on track. So this this guy, Sam Bankman Freed, who should be in jail and chains and shackles, thirty-two billion dollars of money has disappeared. He's protected by the crooks in the Bahamas, the Bahamian government. And who's inviting him to be the keynote speaker tomorrow in Lincoln Center? Alice Tully Hall? The New York Times, the old gray lady, as we need to hear from Sam Bankman-Fried. Sam Bankman-Fried. Listen to his very best friend in the world who owns the number two cryptocurrency Ponzi scheme. It's uh, Zhao of Binance. On a very personal basis, how you think about Sam, and the reason I ask is I think at some point, obviously, you were friends. You were his original investor in all of this. Can you fathom that he lied to you like this, if that's the case? Yeah, so I'm very shocked that I, I obviously did not know him until about a week or so ago. Um, so I'm, I'm just shocked. Um, I'm, I'm shocked that, you know, he lied to everybody. You didn't know him till a week ago? I didn't know what kind of person. I didn't know that he lied to everybody until a week, a week ago. <laughs> hey, he invested in FTX, right? He's in the number two cryptocurrency Ponzi scammer in the world. I didn't know he lied. I didn't know he lied. Oh, my God, Manajela. Let me tell you something. Also appearing on that stage tomorrow before he takes off in his whirlwind uh, tour of Qatar to learn about security at the uh, World Cup. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who has become the number one supporter of cryptocurrency, Ponzi scammers, Bitcoin bandits, and blockchain criminals. Number one. He, he's going to be on that stage tomorrow. Probably, what do they do in Hawaii? They give you the, 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 the flowers over your neck. What is that? The luau, you know. Hey, welcome. Welcome to New York, you cryptocurrency pirate Sam Bankman freed. You're my boy. You'll probably high-five him on the stage at Lincoln Center. What are these Graziata? Listen to Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, who wants the cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, Bitcoin bandits, and blockchain criminals. He wants them to operate in New York City. No regulations, no transparency, because, well, you listen to him as he doubled down and tripled down his support. I believe in the new markets and the new currencies, and I'm encouraging my young people to learn about them. We had a a crypto summit um, that was uh, partnered with the owners of um, the New York Nets, uh, where we brought young people in to learn about these industries. These industries are not going to go away because they reach low points. This is an industry that we must embrace. I'm looking to further leaning into uh, blockchain and other technologies. Yes, my, my money's already there. I took my first three paychecks. In Bitcoin, has he taken any sense? Of course not, because uh, it has crashed. By the way, Lou, we can't even teach our kids in public school to read, write, do uh, arithmetic, and learn respect. But we're going to teach them to become cryptocurrency criminals? Is that what he's saying? You know what this is all about. This is all about Eric Adams being wine-dined and pocket-lined by the Bitcoin industry. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Yeah, follow the Bitcoin, follow the blockchain, follow the cryptocurrency scammers, and it'll lead you right to Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And speaking of that, it was a very dear friend uh, of uh, Eric Adams 
He was part of the Cuomo entourage for many years. He's out there right now. He's at the uh, compound of Fredo, a.k.a. Chris Cuomo, that muscle head. He's sitting next to uh, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta, King Cuomo I. You may have remembered it was then Governor Andrew Cuomo who, at the eulogy for his father, he never called him daddy, never called him father, he called him Mario. What kind of a son calls their father by his name and never refers to him as my daddy, my father? Anyway, in his eulogy, he said, Joe Pococo was closer to my father, Mario, than I was or Chris was. He was like a third son. And he was absolutely right. Because there was a time Joe Pococo, who had been born and raised, the evil seed of the uh, Cuomo compound where they've hit the mattresses and are stirring the marinara sauce, trying to revive and resurrect Andrew Evilized Cuomo like the vampire that he is. Well, so is Joe Pococo, who just finished doing a six-year bid in federal prison for political corruption. Six years. There he was, a young man in Rockland County who went to Wagner College in Staten Island overlooking the harbor in New York. And as he looked out in his muscle car, and he opened up the trunk of his cars, and he had his Louisville sluggers, wood at the time, not aluminum. In the back trunk, he says, gee, I can go in one or two directions. I can become a knee breaker for the Lucchese's, the Columbo's, the Bananos, the Gambinos or the Genovese, or I can become a leg breaker for the sixth family of organized crime, the Cuomo's. And so he said, I want to apprentice with Mario Faccia Brota Cuomo. And Mario took a liking to this guy. He said, look, this guy will run through a brick wall. This guy will take a bullet for us. This is a man who belongs with Cuomo's. And he was dutiful. He busted kneecaps. He threatened. He cajoled. He did all the dirty work for Mario and Andrew. And then eventually he went to jail, did six years, should have done more time. Now his liars for hires, Lou, have gone before the United States Supreme Court and appealed his conviction for political corruption. And they are going to hear the case. And you want to know the premise of the case, Lou, is I did not extort money on behalf of the Cuomo crime family. I extorted money on my behalf and my behalf only. I was a lobbyist. And interesting, all nine Supreme Court justices may have to recuse themselves because don't they get gifts? Don't they get free flights all over the world? Don't they get honorariums? Aren't they also wine-dined and pocket-lined? To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Wake up to make up. 
What a great song, stylistic. See on your lunchtime hour of WABC. It's my rip and read 45 minutes uh, of the stories of the day, Curtis Lee with style, with my commentary. Save all your phone calls for the weekends when I'm on 24 7 365. And WABC stands for always broadcasting, Curtis. Now, uh, Lou, I was listening intently to Sid Rosenberg this morning, 6 to 10, Monday through Fridays. And um, I saw that the subject of uh, Yay, uh, a.k.a. Yeezy, a.k.a. Kanye West came up. And I thought back, gee whiz, out of all the things that Kanye West has ever done, including uh, having the urge to merge with Baby Got Back Kim Kardashian, what a poopot she is. Hey, you crypto coin bandit. You had to pay $1.3 million in a fine to the FCC because you urged your many Instagram followers to lose their money in crypto coin. Oh, I'm not going to forget that. Oh, no, no. But we're talking about Kanye now, not baby got back Kim Kardashian. Probably uh, the, till the day he dies. I think you can agree, Lou and um, Macedonian Phil. This statement that he made recently in his many uh, anti Semitic uh, tirades will be the classic because remember, He had his MAGA hat on, his red MAGA hat, and he said that his problems are really the result of this and his doctor. The thing about the red hat that drove me to a point of exhaustion, which was misdiagnosed by a, I'm not going to say what race, what people, uh, doctor, and what hospital, and what media went to. We know I can't say that. It was a Jewish doctor. <laughs> That's like a scene right out of uh, Larry David's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wouldn't it be great, uh, Macedonian Phil, if all of a sudden in an upcoming episode after Larry David took millions of dollars of FTX uh, Bitcoin uh, money, won't give it back, won't give it to a charity. Wouldn't it be great to make amends that... He's sitting there in his mansion in Martha's Vineyard with his homeboy, J.P. Smooth. And J.P. says to him, Lou, uh, can my cousin come and visit Ye? Now, obviously, Larry David would not know what Ye is. He's in Altacaca. He said, yeah, sure, bring Ye over. And then all of a sudden at the door, Ye arrives, and it's Kanye West wearing his MAGA hat, spouting his anti-Semitism. Would that not be the bomb? But, hey, Larry David's not going to do that. Of course he's not. Hey, give back the cryptocurrency Ponzi scam money you took from FTX, Larry David. Anyway, I digress. I'm the only one talking about this stuff. But anyway, let's continue on. Because we have a situation where now it's a road show. It's the Three Stooges, Mo, Larry, and Curly. And one of these guys has got to become a baldy, like Sid Rosenberg, to fit the um, profiles of Mo, Larry, and Curly that we grew up with. It's the traveling show of anti-Semites. It's uh, junior Nazi boy, Fuentes. It's this guy, Milo Yiannopoulos, who is sort of like the uh, consigliere. And obviously, it's Yee Yee um, Kanye West. And they decided that uh, they would do a podcast, right? You know, there's so many trillion. They'll be doing podcasts till the end of time. Everybody has a podcast. Right, watch them. They'll be in a basement somewhere in Red Bank, New Jersey, some pimply-faced 14-year-old kid 
uh, who's, you know, uh, working for, what do they call that now? It's no longer Facebook. Oh, Meta. Working for Meta, right? And he's got a podcast, and then all of a sudden, welcome, Kanye. Welcome, Milo Yiannopoulos. Welcome, the traveling three anti-Semites. Just here's an idea of what happened uh, in his most recent endeavor when uh, Kanye decided to have a hissy fit. Yeah. I, I think I think they've been extremely unfair to you. I think. Who was they, though? We can't Cor- say who they Cor- is, can we? Press. I'm not using the I – I don't use the word as the, as the way I guess you, you guys use I'm, – I'm talking about – It is about them, it. though, isn't it? I mean, because <laughs> – No. It, it, because when you think <laughs> about not. it, consider it. In 2018 – What do you mean it's not? It, what, what do I mean, like uh, – uh, okay, so how about – are you leaving? Are you afraid of the press? He's gone. He's gone. So uh, Kanye West dropped a mic. Like how many times you see a rapper drop the mic, you see a comedian drop the mic, and he left. And then all of a sudden his entourage, Milo Yiannopoulos, who booked these podcasts, is saying, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll calm him down. He'll return. He never did. Uh, Lou, it's important for you to drill down on Sid Rosenberg. Uh, is he suffering the first levels of dementia? I'm, I'm really concerned about him because I remember a time when I listened to Sid and Bernie on almost a monthly basis, they would have Milo Yiannopoulos in studio at the old WABC 1742 Penn Plaza with his entire gay entourage. I mean, man, they were femme to the max. And do you know that Sid and Bernie actually went to Milo Yiannopoulos' wedding? He got married to a gay black guy, and they were, like, sitting in the front. The first pews. How quickly Sid forgets. But now Milo Yiannopoulos miraculously is straight. I guess when he had to break up his marriage with the black gay guy, he went to Jacoby, the black guy went to Myers, and they went in their own direction. Because according to the new woke rules, write this down, Macedonian Phil, you could be gay today, straight tomorrow, polyamorous to the next day, and the following day you're asexual, and we have to respect that. We must respect that. We cannot challenge that. This is freaky deaky. This is perfect for Sid. Lou, I insist that Sid Rosenberg invite his very dear friend, Milo Yiannopoulos, first off to ask him, are you really gay or are you straight? You claiming you're straight now. And then get into the whole question about yay, ye, ye, see, Kanye West. Come on. Oh, he doesn't want everybody to know. He, he, he was at the wedding, him and Bernie there, Milo Yiannopoulos, and his gay boyfriend at the time, the black guy, that when they tied the knot, how quickly they forget. Make up to break up. It's all we do. First you love them, then you hate them, then you forget all about them. Sounds like wives, right? Ex-wives, ex-husbands, ex-lovers. Anyway, I digress. Let's continue on. So I was intently listening in the 8 o'clock hour. And I noticed that uh, it was the Jewish hour. You had Sid Rosenberg, who claims he's the righteous Jew. And then you have Dove Hyken, who obviously is older than Sid. And he declared himself to be the righteous Jew. And who are they battling over? Donald Trump. Who supports him? Who doesn't support him? As I listened in, I give you just... A little schmear on the bagel. You figure it out, whether it was butter or cream cheese. I would ask you this question about the whole Trump deal, whether we still like him, don't like him. And I've remained with Donald Trump all this time. I came to the realization just how great he was. If you were to find out Dove Heikend, 
that your dear friend and the very popular Jewish morning show host in New York, Sid Rosenberg, voted for Donald Trump. Now, after what he did last Saturday, would you be disappointed? I think I would have a hard time understanding that, but I would well, have Just say yes. You would, you would be disappointed. Would car- yes. Disappointed. I'm disappointed in you, Sid. You never asked of Heiken the question that so many of your thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners have asked me. You may have remembered, Lou. There was that moment, Sid Bernard, in the studio with Dove Heiken. It was during the Democratic primary to determine who the candidate to run against me would be for the mayor of the city of New York. It was ranked choice voting. It was Eric Adams. It was Kathy Garcia. And it was Miley Wiley. And all of a sudden, uh, Dove Hiking came on. And remember, he said, I have here the dossier of Eric Adams, the anti-Semite. Eric Adams, friend of Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. And I remember both Bernie and Sid saying, well, would you reveal it first here on the Bernie and Sid show, right? And he said, absolutely. And he dropped the mic. You never heard from him again. And then later on, people were asking, Dove, what happened? You had the dossier about Eric Adams being part of the Nation of Islam, friends of Farrakhan back in the 90s, which is true. How come you didn't go on, Sid and Bernie, and explain what was in your dossier? And then he said this, Lou. He said, well, you know, I knew Eric Adams many years up in uh, Albany. He served in the state senate. I served in the state assembly. Eric called me up after that show and said, hey, come on, Duff, we're, we're like brothers, you know. And he went and he broke bread with Eric Adams. And Eric Adams, Duff, oh, you can't do this. And then all of a sudden, Dove Heiken took the coat of Omerta. Lou, what deal was made between the anti-Semite Eric Adams and Dove Heiken? We never heard from Dove again. He took the, and did Sid ask him about that? No. No, he gave him absolution. He gave him coverage. Well, let me tell you, all you got to do is Google it. Eric Adams was challenging Major Owens, the congressman, for his seat. He had to go out and he had to get signatures in order to qualify. Do you know who he used to gather up his signatures? Members of the Nation of Islam because he was a follower of the Nation of Islam in the 90s and he was an adherent, a follower of Schooly Louis Farrakhan. Dove Hyken knows that. I know that. I say it over and over. Dove Hyken refused to say it because he made a deal with Eric Adams. You know what that is. Come on. That was then. This is now. You know, hey, come on. Let's let's break unleavened bread, right? You think he's really changed? You know that Eric Adams approached then his hero, David Dinkins, and he said, David, when he was uh, head of the 100 blacks in law enforcement, he said, David, if you don't support Louis Farrakhan's right to speak in Madison Square Garden. I'm going to support Rudy Giuliani for mayor, right? You knew he would never do that. And David Dinkins did the right thing. He said, no. I'm sorry, you're my very dear friend, Eric Adams, but no, I'm going to denounce Farrakhan. This guy was, like, embraced by the Nation of Islam, and he embraced Farrakhan. And Dove Hyken was going to tell that story, and what happened, Sid? Did the cat get his tongue? Uh-oh, now I'm in trouble with my wife, Nancy, for using that term. Anyway, let us continue because there's more to tell. It's about the crime in New York City. The front page of the New York Post said that there's been a 40% increase in felony crimes in the subways. 
And then yesterday, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan to deal with crime, said this about subway crime. We're making enormous strides in keeping the subway safe. Major felonies in subway are down 13% over the last 28 days. What the hell is he talking about? And then remember, what has he always been jabbering all through that election process where he was supporting Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, who unfortunately is the governor? That means there'll be more uh, lack of uh, law and total disorder. He was telling us it's only our perception. We have a safe subway system. Transit police officers, they have done their job. What we must do is remove the perception of fear. Cases like this aggravates the perception of fear. Uh, When you see homeless individuals with mental health issues not being attended to and given the proper services, that adds to the perception of fear. And so what our battle is in the subway system is fighting the perception of fear. So we're just imagining all of this. I'm down in the subways every day. I don't see the cops. I I don't know what the hell he's talking about. In fact, forget me, because I'm a critic of Eric Adams, and even forget Sid Rosenberg, who's his newfound friend and protector. Let's go to a sister from the hood talking directly to Eric Adams, her homeboy. This madness has to stop. Like, I'm asking the mayor, and I'm asking you, Mr. Mayor, Put a stop to this, man, because it has to stop. You need to put your foot down. We need you out here, bro. Put a stop to this. Well, he's not going to be out there. As you know, Lou, he is flying off to Qatar for three days of World Cup. And he says it is to uh, learn about the security that's being uh, utilized for the World Cup. In fact, I got breaking news for you. Breaking news, WABC. Yesterday, I'm sitting down with my Kumbhati Cheech before he came on his show from 3 to 4. You got to listen today especially. 3 to 4, Monday through Fridays, and on Sunday with Dr. Maria, 10 to 11 before Judge Janine Pirro. And Rudy was laying out for me how he had trained the Qatarians in security years ago when he uh, was no longer mayor and he had his own law firm. So the very security that so supposedly Eric Adams is going to be learning about that is being done in Qatar by the Qatarians and the crooked emir in Qatar was taught to them by Rudy Giuliani and his law firm and security firm years ago. So instead of wasting our money, because I want to know who's paying for this trip, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Of course, it's us, the sucker taxpayers, or maybe one of the Bitcoin bandits or blockchain criminals or cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers who wind down and pocket line you. Why not just finally have that dinner with the man who is renowned for public safety, law and order, zero tolerance, the broken windows theory? The man who dragged us from the abyss of crime that your friend, David Dinkins, put us into. Rudy Giuliani, as Sid Rosenberg, is trying to arrange. So instead, you go all the way to Qatar to learn about the security that Rudy Giuliani taught the Qatarians long ago. Where else do you hear that? That's why you got to listen every Monday through Friday, right after Bill O'Reilly. He gives you 15 minutes of his take, and then I give you 45 minutes 
of my take, and it's the best hour in all of radio. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. You know, I hate Bruce Springsteen with a passion, Lou. And you were here the other day when I sat with Sid Rosenberg, who said, and the only thing that would ever get him to throw Donald Trump under the bus, like uh, his fair-weather friends at the morning show have done, Peter King, Bo Dietl, and now Dove Hyken, is if he could get an interview with Bruce Springsteen. You, you heard that, Lou, right? He said, oh, if I could get... An interview with Bruce Springsteen, I'm on board. I'm I'm a never-Trumper. You know, I'm a rhino. And he's using his friend, Schmata boy, Stevie Van Zandt, to try to arrange that. So if it ever happens that Bruce Springsteen is on with Sid Rosenberg in the morning, you'll know that he uh, threw Donald Trump right under the bus, regardless of what he said earlier this morning in the 8 o'clock hour with Dove Hyken when he said he stands with Donald Trump. Anyway, if you want to hear all the friends and foes that I throw under the bus on a daily basis, and boy, I do. You could be my friend today, but I'm like Diogenes. I'm looking for one honest man. And quite frankly, I know they're out there. But when you're dealing with trendoids, freakazoids, jet setters, and politicians, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, it's almost an impossible task. So that's why, please... You can go to my digital home here, sponsored by Trinity Rehab. You can get all of my air shows that have been podcasted, the Curtis News Network video podcast where I'm riffing against friends and foes, and my social media posts that can be found at wabcradio.com slash Curtis, wabcradio.com slash Curtis. Now, remember, this song by Bruce Springsteen became the theme of the Olympic Games in Los Angeles that the Russians boycotted because we had boycotted theirs um, when Jimmy Carter was the president. And he said, oh, 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 no, 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 Brezhnev, you invaded Afghanistan, so we're boycotting the Olympics, right? It was a tit for a tat. And Reagan, remember Lou said, oh, this song, a young man from Freehold, New Jersey, yeah, a great patriot. This is like an anti-Vietnam War song. Listen to the words. I hate him. What is he charging? $5,000 with his new tour up in the nosebleed section? You need an oxygen mask? What a ripoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the working class hero, Bruce Springsteen. What about Schmatham boy, Stevie Van Zandt, right? Says, you see, Sid doesn't want to upset them because he wants that interview. So he's going to throw Donald Trump under the bus. Now, the reason I'm playing this... Enough of this. I, I'm getting a headache, a migraine headache from this uh, this hypocrite Bruce Springsteen. Is uh, in just a few hours, right? Who takes to the pitch in Qatar will be Team USA versus Team Iran. And I'm advocating that just like uh, Messi and Argentina threw their match to the Saudis in order to get billions of dinars from the House of Fraud and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia the murderer of Khashoggi. Uh, and just like, uh, well, I mean, how many games are being thrown over there as we speak? 
I think the United States must lose to Iran. And I'll tell you why. Because nobody knows the players for the United States, right? They'll return and they'll be coming to JFK. Nobody will recognize them. Nobody. It's just because it's not a main sport in America. It's smash mouth American football. It's baseball. It's basketball. That's the way it'll always be. Not the fake, phony, fraudulent football they spell with a U. Kickball, kickball, go. I hate it. But now the United States team must be concerned about the Iranian players. They refused to sing their national anthem. Remember against England when they lost? And the Ayatollahs took note of that as riots continue throughout Iran. I mean, there's a real insurrection going on. And you know what the Ayatollahs did? They had a team member who was recovering from an injury in Tehran who was going to join the team, uh, in fact, for this game against the U.S. And they snatched him up and they put him in his gulag and then ah! torturing him. It got a rattan and beaten him on the, ah! under his feet. If the Iranians lose, and remember, we took the Muslim symbol off the Iranian flag, and we put that on our American website, these Iranians will be killed. Now, is it more important that the United States win a soccer match on the pitch that they're never going to end up uh, becoming champions in the World Cup? It ain't going to happen. Or is it more important that they throw it? to the Iranians so that the Iranians can live another day. Because if the Iranians lose, they're out of World Cup. they got to return to Tehran. Nobody's going to give them asylum. They're not going to give them asylum in Qatar. They're Shiites there. They'll get a poke and a chop. They'll chop their heads off. Ah! Do the right thing, Team USA. Lose to Iran today.